Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Hi there, and thanks very much for joining us. We're going to talk about Pops in the Park, which is a big event that's happening this coming weekend. We're also going to talk about the importance of lifelong learning, because MTU are wondering if you'd like to go back to college. But first of all, we're going to bring in somebody who has been on the podcast a few times before in the past, and it's brilliant to have him back again. He wears many hats. Ernest Cantlin, how are you? Thanks very much for having me, Jonathan. I always enjoy chatting with you. It's lovely to have you back on. I, I need to talk about Kinsale Spirit Company in just a minute because that's continuing to go from strength to strength. But Electric Bar and Restaurant, one of the city's finest hostelries. Um, you're tweaking and changing and you're listening to your customers. What's happening? Yeah, it's funny when you said there, but when your introduction with lifelong learning, I thought you were talking about me, <laughs> which would be a fair comment about them. Um, I would just look, we're going back to what we did pre COVID and what we did for. For the decade before it, we took a punt on um, Asian food, which would be a food that I really like cooking and, and know well enough. And um, I think it was just largely a misjudgment. I think uh, we gave it a good rattle. A lot of people liked it. But um, we we the two demographics that it didn't appeal to or didn't connect it were, in my opinion, for us anyway, were corporates and tourists. And they're a big part of the restaurant business in, in Cork. Right. Okay. I mean, I have to say, I, I liked it. Uh, but at the same time, are you being the bravest of brave business people here saying you actually did make a bit of a mistake? Yeah. Look, I, I think, um, and in, in, look, hindsight's twenty twenty. but I suppose you don't come all the way from Seville or Shanghai or wherever to visit Cork, tour the English market, and then say, okay, where's the nearest Asian restaurant I can I can eat in? You know, so that, so that was one thing. And we always really benefit from our, our proximity to the English market and, you know, Irish ingredients, that kind of stuff. And similarly with corporates and wherever they're entertaining people visiting from their US team or whatever. And they want to, you know, eat Irish food and particularly Cork food because really known for it. Um, and even though we were still using all our same suppliers, you know, uh, Cork ingredients and uh, Toomey's beef and Ballycott seafood and that kind of stuff, it just got a bit lost in translation, no pun intended. And um, when I broached with the team, I said, look, we've given this our best shot. We're two years in. What would you think? They just nearly took my hand off. You know, because that's a lot of our chefs are, are there all the way along. They have to go yeah. and learn a whole new style. And they're saying, look, this is what we, we're comfortable cooking, what our team know, all our, our managers. And I put it out, I, you know, held my hand up to look, I've made a mistake. Give us another shot. And thankfully, the reaction has been great. So Wednesday was the changeover and it went uh, extremely well. We were busy. Uh, we've really good bookings for the weekend. It's nice. It's a bank holiday weekend. It's a nice weekend to try something new because you get a good yeah. bang anyway. And yeah, it's exciting. Now, I have to say, uh, you're selling yourself a bit short if you're saying it's just going to be burgers and, and seafood uh, because it is the creme de la creme of burgers and seafood as well. You've always prided you yourself on the quality of the food that you have there. You know, quality doesn't take a dip. You're just changing the menu. Yes, I know. Look, we... Um, uh, we are really excited about our offering. We have tomahawk steaks to share, and we we have nice kind of fun things too for the the summer, like torch mackerel and and these. Um, it, it really are, the menu we've always done, and, and particularly Cockrees, they lend themselves to seasonality, which is nice, you know. So um, we and we have fun things too, like the beamish pudding on the dessert menu and things like that. So um, <laughs> I think the, there's crowd pleasers, there's interesting things, there's things for vegans, there's loads of things for carnivores, because that was always our our buzz yeah. and. Um, yeah, it just, it feels last night in the dining room and in the bar, it felt right. Now, can I just ask you, is that just a slice of cake and a pint of Beamish or is that a, a, a pudding <laughs> that is made with Beamish <laughs> as an ingredient? Yeah. Look, 
if, if I thought I'd get enough people in for it, wouldn't it be great? But there's a bit a bit more to it than that. There's, a, there's dates in it and kind of a sticky toffee take kind of yeah. I wish, bit, I wish. A bit more sophisticated than, than a slice of cake and a pint yeah. of beamish. Um, let's <laughs> to stay with the alcohol team because uh, we've talked to you before previously about Kinsale Spirit Company and, and that is something that I know has gone beyond your wildest expectations because you're finding it in airports, aren't you? You're finding it right around the world. Well, look, I, I was chatting to somebody recently about it, a friend, and, and we started with the 100 bottles in um, in Bradley's on our main street, one of our first customers, uh, who are still a great customers, uh, Michael Lair is a legend. And um, it really is, has gone from strength to strength. And I suppose with what people probably wouldn't know, they'd know us for Kinsale Gin, but our whiskies have really hit the ground um, abroad. So Germany, Holland, Poland. We just had a Whopper order in from Ukraine, which is, is topical, is interesting. Um, we're in about nine or ten states, trading well in the states. Um, I've done good business in China, just starting to do business with Korea. So it's it's a very, it's a new one on me. We have a team of about 12 people. Most of us met up for the first time recently in Kinsale because uh, we brought some of our team over from the States and uh, from the UK and from Dubai. So getting everybody together because we our growth really happened during COVID. COVID was explosive for, for that business. Um and yeah, it, it's exciting. Thank you mm. for saying it. It's um, it's 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 on a it's on a good run at the moment. On I, a good run. I, look, you started out. Gin was easy to make, right? Because gin, I know it's not easy to yeah. make out of your bath at home. Ah, yeah, when, it is, when, it's a quick process. It's, it's a quick, quick process. process. But you're doing the whiskey, and the whiskey is a harder sell. But the only thing is, you're probably hitting your prime in the whiskey now because the older whiskey is, the longer it is stored, the more valuable, the better tasting it becomes. So you're kind of only, even though it's going very well for you, you're only at the start of that journey. Yeah, and it, it's funny, it, it, it can you can take Irish whiskey a bit for granted being in Ireland, and I suspect this probably happens with, with other places like Champagne in France, things like that, but people around the world, it, it can feel a bit crowded in Ireland because all the distilleries are here, uh, whereas um, you go um, you go to places where they're big into their whiskey traditionally, particularly like the US or Japan, and they're really only discovering Irish whiskey, or they've discovered Jemison and Tullamore and they want to move on to something else. They're really excited to have new brands, and there's not that many of them out there yet, you know, it's a big world and all our whiskies that come from this little country. So it's a real, um, it's a really exciting position to be in. And it's a great, um, it's a great advantage to know um, that you're not going to be competing with a local brand or because it can only come from Ireland. You know what I mean? So, um, and you're saying, look, we're Irish. Uh, we make this product and um, you've probably heard of Jemison and, and that they kind of, they cleared the path for everyone, all the work that they have done. And we're just slipping into their tailwind, which is great. Um and uh, Irish Irish whiskey as a whole category is just booming, particularly in the US, but in Asia too. So it's it's an exciting time to be in it. It's okay. great, Ernest. It's been fabulous talking to you as always. Best luck with the restored menu you so in electric, I really appreciate as we that. call that. And uh, best luck with Kinsale Spirit. See you for well. a beamish soon and a, Ab- and a beamish I, soon a slice I, of cake. I, Thank I, you, I, I'll bring my own cake, Ernest. Thanks for that. Talk to you soon. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Bye. We are always being told that if you're considering getting a pet, you need to take into consideration all that goes with it. If it's a dog, it needs to be walked. If it's a cat, it needs to be groomed. If it's a fish, it needs to be fed. And there's a lot of expense. And sometimes there can be unexpected, hefty veterinary bills. Now, getting pet insurance might be the last thing you think of doing, but Karen McCullough of PetInsurance.ie is with me now to say why it's not only a good idea, it's an essential part of owning a pet. Karen, how are you? Very well, thank you. And then another reason why we're speaking to you is because you are going to be down at Pops in the Park at the showgrounds this weekend in Cork, so we couldn't have chosen a better time to talk to you. I know, absolutely. I'm very excited to be able to spend a weekend with all the dogs out at Pops in the Park. You might tell us about Pops in the Park, first of all. What is it? 
Do you know what? It is really cool. It is a two-day dog event, so there's lots of different things. I was at um, Pups in the Park here in Dublin last week, and we had things like a, a Dash Hound Disco, Bernese Mountain Dog Meetups. It was lots of fun, and there's lots to see and do out there if you do have a dog, or even if you're just a dog lover. Yeah, of course, if you don't like dogs, it's probably not the place for you. But if you do like them, you, you might trundle down. Now, tell us a little bit about pet insurance, because I know when we got our dog, it was one of the first things we did, purely because we were terrified of a big veterinary bill. I'm surprised so many people don't think about that. Do you know what it is? It's one of those things with pet insurance. Sometimes you kind of you have it and you're like, oh, what's the value? But when you do need it, it is something and it can just absolutely save the day. Because pet insurance, depending on the type of policy that you have, it will help to protect you against any kind of unexpected vet bill. Something as simple as your pet breaking their leg or even getting a grass seed stuck in their paw is something that can run up in the hundreds and thousands of euros very quickly. So it is something that can be there to really help you when you need it. If you get a puppy, for example, the puppy is perfectly healthy because it's young. Um, You don't need to bring it to the vet except for vaccinations and wormers and all that kind of stuff. When, when do things start to go wrong with dogs? Well, see, this is the thing. It, it can be something that taking out pet insurance actually when your pet is young can help you in the long run. One of the things, you know, with puppies, just like children, unfortunately, they do tend to be a bit clumsier. They tend to suffer from a few more accidents, those sorts of things. As well with puppies, they do, they won't have developed kind of any of their congenital hereditary disorders if they have inherited something, for instance, from their parents. So sometimes you do actually see that puppies uh, can have a few more claims for pet insurance in there. But then what you do tend to see, certainly a bit like us, as we get older, the likelihood that we're going to need a bit of treatment, it's exactly the same for your pets. So as they get older, chances are they are going to need a bit of veterinary attention. Mm. And that's where pet insurance, again, can really come in handy. Does the insurance change then from breed to breed? Because I'm, I'm guessing a, um, a big, massive dog, like a Bernese Mountain Dog that you mentioned, it probably would cost a little bit more than a Chihuahua, or is it all the same? Do you know that you're absolutely right? It's a bit like motor insurance. Depending on the type of car you have, it will impact the type of premium. It's exactly the same thing for breeds, breeds of dogs, depending on the type of breed you have. So if you were looking something like a Bernese Mountain Dog or some of the bigger dogs, they do tend to have a predisposition to things you hear like hip dysplasia, or some of those those types of kind of conditions. So that can absolutely increase the price of your insurance because there is that likelihood uh, and another one again you see sometimes like the pugs and the french bulldogs are absolutely gorgeous but sometimes those flat snouts can lead to things like breeding problems and you will absolutely see that reflected in the price of the insurance what about things like neutering for example if you have a neutered dog does that bring down the cost or are you indifferent towards neutering yeah, so having your pet spayed or neutered absolutely can bring down the price of the premium and it, that will vary by insurance, but that can absolutely have an impact. And a lot of that has to do with uh, having your pet spayed or neutered can help to prevent some uh, illnesses as they get older, particularly uh, cancers of reproductive kind of organs, that sort of thing. So it is something that can really help your pet in the long run and help to keep your insurance prices and your pet's health as good as they it can be. Back to Pups in the Park at the showgrounds. I believe PetInsurance.ie is sponsoring the obedience ring. I'm presuming that's more in reference to the dogs than the owners, is it? 
Yes, yeah, we're trying to keep the dogs in line. And we're also doing, uh, if you do come down, complimentary keychain. So we'll be able to uh, take a picture of you and your pet or just your pet and get it put on a keychain for you whilst you're down visiting pups in the park. Okay, very good. The website, if you're looking to contact Pet Insurance, is petinsurance.ie. Karen McCullough, pleasure. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Wonderful. Thanks so much. Next up, do you fancy advancing in your current career but feel you might be lacking some of the skills to get a promotion or you're just thinking about a total career change, you're fed up what you're doing, you think there's something else you might like to do? Well, the MTU Business Academy may be able to help and they're having a free open evening on the 11th of May from 5 to 7 at the MTU campus in Bishopstown. Pat Gilhan is MTU Business Academy Manager, Isabel Rossiter is MTU Business Academy Coordinator and I'm delighted to take the boat with me now. Pat and Isabel, how are you? Great, Jonathan. Thanks for having us, Jonathan. I'm going to begin with you, Isabel. Who are you looking to come to this open evening, first of all? Well, this is open to anybody, really, Jonathan. But I suppose the main target for the part-time courses that we operate in the Business Academy, uh, it would be professionals, people that are in their career, both either early career, middle of career, senior in their career, and they're just looking for that extra skill set to continue working where they are or to advance to the next stage of their career. Mm. Is age a factor here? I mean, are you ever too old to, to change not horses? Not at all, not at all. You can never be too old for education. We've got lifelong learners coming back. I've had experience doing uh, particular programmes in MTU over the years where we've had people 60, 65, sometimes even 70, 70 plus. It's all about your your motivation and your willingness to learn. That's there's that's the only factor here. Uh, Pat, when you see the people coming through the door, do you get a mix of everybody in every different walk of life who are saying, look, maybe the time is right for me. Uh, what can I do? Totally, Jonathan. Like Isabel said, like we have courses, over 30 part-time professional and executive courses, and they're for people that never were in higher education or people returning to higher education from level six uh, right up to level nine master's programs, short certificates all the way through to master's, such as our MBA in strategy. Like there's a there's a huge mix of people, um, Jonathan, like we've seen the most of most of our students come from obviously Cork and Kerry in the southwest region, but we're seeing a, a bigger increase uh, in the last couple of years post-COVID um, with people from all over Ireland and internationally as well, yeah. Now, I have to say, I'm not looking to change careers at the moment. I have enough uh, going on, a few different careers on the, on the go at the same time. But uh, one of the things that would put me off would be the idea that I have to go back to school. Because, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm barely, I'm 46. I'm still having leaving certain nightmares here, Pat. Um, is it a nine to five gig? Do you have to abandon everything to try and get a qualification? It's a good question. It's the complete opposite, to be honest with you, Jonathan. All of our programs, all 30-odd programs, are designed to fit into people's busy life, busy lifestyles, you know. So whether you're an emerging or an established professional or executive, um, the, the courses are delivered um, mostly blended. Some are fully online and most have a more, some have a more face-to-face um, kind of emphasis. But all programs have been tailored, especially since COVID, Jonathan, since a lot of things have moved online, all programs have been tailored to be delivered to fit into people's lifestyles. So you don't really um, have to give up any of your ongoing current commitments like family work, etc. Yeah, that's that's what we pride ourselves on in 
MTU and of course value for money Jonathan we're exceptional value for money right across our programs yeah I, do, there, there I suppose is... just to add there if I could it's just to add there we actually have the the lecturers I suppose that uh, the coordinators and the lecturers that manage these programs as well are a lot of them have actually done a lot of these programs themselves I've done programs like this myself we're acutely aware of the responsibilities and the commitments so there's always this very clear uh, understanding of people's commitments people's lifestyles when they're coming back to do these courses especially those that have uh, a full-time career that they're managing and other family commitments that they're managing while they're progressing their career or they're progressing the course yeah uh, how important is it that you've got in person elements to this as well I'm, a lot of it i'm presuming can still be caught up with online but you, you do need people to come back to the classroom now post-covid don't you the the, the idea of everything but online is that over now a lot of the time the the desire to to come back at least a couple of times just for that networking aspect. Over the years, you'd always find, like I go back now for my course and I'd still find that I'm getting great contacts. Uh, the industry contacts are crucial, you know, and you'll get these networking events that happen on campus. You get to meet your peers. So there's such a range of people coming back that you you have that networking capability then across your, your industry or, or across many industries and you're all sharing experiences. So there's definitely a desire for that for that aspect. There's a flexibility then with the, the curriculum that there can be the blended element as well. But but we, we do see people wanting to come back and connect again and mm-hmm. connect with the, the lecturers, but also connect with the, the other, mainly the other peers on their courses as well. Uh, Pat, how much of change is happening out there right now that people feel as if they're on the back foot? So let's talk about fellas who are your age and my age. Uh, we, we won't pretend that we're anything younger than, than 40, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, the fear, you see things like automation coming in, you see things like artificial intelligence come in, you, you new design tools that mightn't have been there when you trained in college a couple of years ago. How important is it for those people to say, well, you know, don't throw yourself on the scrap heap. Don't fear this technology. Come in and learn about it. And, and sometimes the state might even actually meet the bill for your training. Absolutely, yeah. Like some of the courses we have on offer are under the government Springboard Plus initiative where, you know, there's high success rates for applicants receiving 90 to 100% fee funding, including those in current employment. But to come back to your point, Jonathan, like, one thing we really pride ourselves on in MTU is um, our contribution to practice and keeping up with uh, movements in technology. I mean, it's literally in our title, Monster Technological University. And yeah, look, there's it's, there are times of massive change, Jonathan. And, uh, you know, a lot of our lecturers would have come from industry, like Isabel said, and a lot of them, uh, even part-time lecturers, are, are still contributing to working in industry and, and and research. So, yeah, look, I mean, if anyone feels that they're probably out of their depth in terms of the changes with technology in particular, and if that's part of their, their job, well, the perfect place to come really is um, MTU Business Academy. As I said, we have a wide range of programs uh, from management, leadership, accounting, finance, aviation, diversity, diversity and inclusion, human resources, design thinking, data analytics, journalism, PR, digital content creation, marketing, tourism and more so like there's something here for everybody yeah. um jonathan like i said whether you're starting off um, on your educational journey at higher education or you want to return uh, right through to 
to, to master the level yeah. and, on a part-time basis. And again, to make a joke that only be relevant to people who are over the age of 40, you sounded like you were listing things on the conveyor belt on the generation game there. I was very impressive uh, that you got them all in so quickly. <laughs> um, uh, just to finish up, Isabel, it's the 11th of May from 5 to 7 at MTU in Bishopstown. Uh, how can people find out more? Is there a website? We have a website, mtubusinessacademy.ie, and there's an events page on that. So mtubusinessacademy.ie forward slash events, and you'll see the event there. There's an event bright link as well. So everything you need will be accessible there. Any further information and always feel free to contact us. There's a contact page on the on the website also. Okay. Pat Culhan and Isabel Rossiter from the MTU Business Academy. Pleasure to talk to you both. Thanks for joining us on Red Business. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for having Thanks, us. Jonathan, bye. And that is it from this episode of Red Business. Thanks, as always, for listening. Fiona Corcoran was the producer. Don't forget, Red Business in Focus, our video podcast series, with thanks to Cork's local enterprise offices, is coming back and will be live on redfm.ie in the next few weeks. We'll be back with this podcast again next Friday. Hope to talk to you then. Get the Red Business podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts.